We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The Chicago Bears select... Welcome to Picks for Polls, presented by The Bear Report. Your number one source for everything Chicago Bears draft news, analysis, scouting reports, and more. Presented by Blue Wire Pods. And now, making their way to the podium, Andrew Freeman and Usaid Koshal. All right, welcome Bears fans to another episode of Picks for Polls presented by the Bear Report and Blue Wire Pods. My name is Andrew Freeman. And of course, I'm happy to be joined by my co-host, Yusei Koshal. We're recording this episode on Wednesday, September 28th, following the Bears getting their second win of the 2022 season, beating the Houston Texans 23-20 on a last-second field goal attempt. Uh, you said this was a game of lots of ups and downs, and you know, I kind of described it in you know in a tweet I had right after the game where it, it kind of was like one of those things where I haven't felt like this like awful about a Bears win in a long time. It was just like one of those bizarre feelings. But um, we're going to get into a lot of that today and a lot of discussion on um, breaking down this game that just happened specifically as it pertains to the offense. Uh, but before we get into it, you said, how are you doing today, man? Yeah, I'm doing well. You're right. Season's kind of moving fast here. Hard to believe we're already in week four. It seems like just yesterday we were kind of already going ahead and talking about the Bears 49ers matchup in week one, but that seems like such a distant memory ago. Seems like forever ago, actually. But, you know, this was, you're right, one of those games where it was certainly so weird. Um, specifically because I think that when you look at things, right, this isn't like when you look at the Bears 49ers game, right, you could say it was a tale of two halves, okay, because the Bears played so bad in the first half and then didn't or came out firing in the second half. Then you look at kind of the Packers game, it was the same thing. The Bears were in it until they started making critical mistakes. And you look at this week three game, and it's like this was, I think, the perfect opportunity for everything to start clicking. And that necessarily did not happen. No, it, it did not happen. I mean, the Bears still come out with the win. Uh, they were dominant in the ground game on offense, you know, 281 rushing yards, Clil Herbert. He had a huge day in this one. I think he had 157 yards rushing. Like, David Montgomery goes down early in the game. 
Khalil Herbert steps in and, you know, it's like nothing ever happened. Herbert was, was awesome in this one. The run blocking was really good in this game. Um, you know, and then defensively, like they weren't great in this game. Like I feel like Davis Mills was able to get, you know, some pretty big completions on them and move the ball on them quite a bit, which is saying a lot, you know, considering that it's Davis Mills is the opposing quarterback. But, you know, the thing with Davis Mills is he's is going to put the ball in harm's way, and that's what he did. They were able to pick him off, you know, two critical times. First in the in the red zone where Texans are about to go down and score a touchdown. I think it was off of Justin Fields' first interception, which we'll get into in a little bit here. Um, and then the second one that set up the game-winning field goal, where it's just a, a careless decision by Davis Mills, and then I think the ball was tipped on that play as well. So, you know, it's one of those things where you know the Bears, I think, were very fortunate to come out with the win here because um, – you know, they did not play a very good game on offense here, specifically in the passing game. Like this was, you know, probably when, when we're looking back at this, like we have to talk about the quarterback here. And I think it's going to be the subject for a lot of this episode today. Like Justin Fields, there's a lot of talk about him, maybe, you know, going into a game against, you know, an easier defense compared to the 49ers and Packers, you know, having this be more of a breakout game from this year after starting so the first two weeks and, I mean, this was just an unmitigated disaster for Fields in this one. This is maybe his worst performance as a pro. Like, that Cleveland game last year was really bad. Uh, the Buccaneers game was really bad. And, man, this was up there among those games. Like, this was just rough from start to finish. You know, Fields had two interceptions in this, in this one. Didn't even throw 100 yards. Um, just looked just all over the place. Like, his accuracy was off. His decision-making was off. He was holding on to the ball way too long, taking too many stack sacks, like not feeling comfortable in the offense. It looks like, and you know, when you look at the point of this year and what's the number one important thing that you want to see, it's it's the development of Justin Fields. And man, th- this game was not a good uh, reflection of his development so far this year. You're right. It was not a good reflection of Justin's development, and it's so critical because. I wrote an article about this following the Bears' Week 2 loss, and I talked about how the Bears have an identity on offense. It is a running game. It's just they refuse to commit to it, you know. And everyone kind of talks about when is this offense going to take off. The reality is that I think right now the Bears' model for success is not necessarily sustainable. And what I mean by that is at some point, defenses and teams around the league are going to adjust to a team that's rushing the ball 60-40 as much as the Bears are. I think that for the Bears' to offense to really take a step forward, that has to absolutely involve getting the passing going. But then again, it's hard to even get the passing game going because we had such high expectations for players like Cole Komet and Darnell Moon this season, right? And through the first three games, we're being honest, like Equinemia St. Brown's outperformed those guys, not even in terms of volumes of targets, but just in terms of overall performance, right? So naturally all of this I think has kind of led to this interesting conundrum that Bears GM Ryan Poles is going to have to answer for unfortunately and you know it's going to be one of the things that when we look back at his first offseason we're going to say well you had a young insanely talented quarterback sure that quarterback had ups and downs but at the end of the day did you really do enough to support Justin probably not with the way things are going at this point yeah, you kind of mentioned it, um, you know, the sustainability of this offense. 
it isn't sustainable. You know, for them to run the way that they have, I don't think it's sustainable long term, especially if they don't get a passing game to kind of support the running game. Because eventually teams are going to figure out that all the Bears can do here is run the ball and they're going to shut that down or at least attempt to shut down a little bit more. So the Bears are doing really nice things in the run game. But, you know, we've seen this across, you know, over time here across the NFL. You know, the best way to build a sustainably good offense is by having a really efficient passing game. And the Bears have the worst passing game in all football. And a lot of that is stemming, a lot of that is stemming from Justin Fields and, you know, his struggles right now. And, you know, just to put the Bears offense into perspective here and how run heavy they have been to start the year. Um, I was reading earlier today, Football Outsiders did a study on, you know, how run heavy the Bears are in comparison to, you know, past NFL teams in comparison to, you know, the NFL of the past. And um, going back to the NFL merger back in 1970, the Bears are one of the three to five most run heavy teams in NFL history so far when adjusted for era played. So it's just, it's ridiculous how run heavy they are right now. And, you know, I, again, from Luke Getze's perspective, the offensive coordinator, like, I kind of get it where he's coming from because that's been their bread and butter so far. That's how they've moved the ball. That's how they've had success on offense. But, you know, what's the point of this year? I mean, do they, is their goal this year to squeak out a a bunch of close wins against really bad teams? Um, And just by running the ball and playing defense, like if that's their goal here, you know, it kind of goes against what probably should have been the goal all along, which was to see, you know, what they have and Justin Fields and developing him and trying to maximize him. It goes back to their entire philosophy this offseason, you know, hiring a defensive-minded head coach, you know, bringing in an offensive coordinator who wants to run the ball more than he wants to pass it, not investing at wide receiver, not investing on the offensive line, you know, not really doing much to really improve this offensive unit as a whole, you know, again, just kind of, you know, Again, it's it's rebuilt, so you expect there to be some holes in this roster, but most of the holes were, you know, they left those to be on the offensive side of the ball. And it was just questionable from that standpoint of things. And we're starting to see, like, all of my fears going into this season are being proved um, or are, are playing out because, you know, the Bears, again, they're two and one. And that's nice to see that it's, it's good for, you know, building a culture of your team. But at what cost here? And the cost here is that you might be, you know, stunting the, the development of uh, your quarterback here, your young quarterback in Justin Fields, because Justin Fields, through three games this year, I'm not making the stats up. He only has 45 pass attempts in three games. Like, that's how many pass attempts, like, a lot of guys in the NFL throw in one game. He's got 45 passing attempts in three games so far, um, 297 yards with not even 100 yards passing per game. He's throwing – uh, his, his completion percentage is 51%, six and a half yards per attempt. And, you know, one of the weirdest stats here, uh, or one of the most damning stats, I will say, about his performance so far, adjusted net yards per attempt, 1.73 adjusted net yards per attempt. So, like, everything is bad here. So, they're not letting him throw the ball. They clearly don't trust him with the play calling. And he's not performing well with, you know, the limited passing opportunities that he does have. And, you know, it's one of those things where everything is bad right now. The receivers are bad. The offensive line and pass protection, like the run blocking has been good so far, but the pass protection has been bad so far. You know, and Justin Fields, you know, he hasn't been good. You know, he's not trusting his protection. He's looking to run 
um, at the slightest hint of pressure. He's not seeing the field very well. He's not anticipating throws. You know, he, he's not accurate when there are throws to be made. And when there are guys open, the rare times there are guys open, he's not seeing them. He's not trusting, you know, his receivers to get open right now. And it's just one of those things where you're looking at a worst case scenario where the bears are, you know, because of the way that they built this team and the way they want to win this year, or they want to play this year where they want to run the ball a ton. And, you know, they have a defensive minded head coach who's going to, you know, want to have good defense here. Um, and they're playing a bunch of bad teams in the schedule. Yeah. They might sneak, you know, seven or eight wins in, but you know, you're not going to get many answers at the quarterback position. And if you do get any answers, they're probably probably going to be negative answers as to whether he's the guy moving forward. And so far you're, you're leaning, you're starting to get to that point where, you know, Justin Fields is in danger territory right now because he's, he, he has not looked good whatsoever. And, and if there's anything to say about his development is that he has regressed immensely since last year. It's such a fascinating topic to explore, right? Because if you go back and I think you look at all the quarterbacks that the Bears have drafted over the last two decades, I mean, there's no doubt that coming out of college, Justin's probably right up there with being the most talented. You know, you're talking about a two-year starter that destroyed Clemson, played in the national championship game, ended up losing to Mac Jones and the Alabama Crimson Tide. But I think that Justin's legacy was so much bigger than that. If you were sitting here last year and you were talking to me about Justin, his development, I would have told you that the big things are that he needs to go ahead and he needs to kind of get the ball out faster, number one. But number two, he needs to stop being so overly aggressive. Because when we look at Justin at Ohio State – what was he doing? I mean, it was always a short to deep passing offense. Now, when you look at it, last year was kind of training him to go short to deep, right? Especially because he didn't have his buddies in Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave throwing him the ball. But this year, I think what I see more than anything is a quarterback who's not playing with confidence, a quarterback who's incredibly hesitant, a quarterback who panics and just uses his life as his best asset just both a good and bad thing depending on the situation and then overall just a quarterback right now who does not understand the speed of the NFL game now there's two things we have to know and understand here part of that I think is the core around him I mean let's be honest this is not a good court right you're looking at the playmakers like the running backs are your best playmakers Darnell Mooney popped off last year, but if we're going to be honest with ourselves, I mean, defenses have a full season of tape on Darnell Mooney and what he can do when he's not fully accounted for, and they've adjusted, I think, really damn well. And then Cole Komet, you and I have stated many times over the last three years, like, he's just been the biggest disappointment this year. You know, and the same issues, I think, that pop up with Cole were the same issues we were talking about three years ago when he was drafted. He's a tight end that's got average hands. The only thing he really brings is size. Separation is not a big thing. You know, he's got frame too. You're looking at a player that's not the best route runner either. And then he doesn't have breakaway speed like some of these other top-tier tight ends do, like a Travis Kelsey or a George Kittle. And so naturally, all of that has kind of just created this mess of a conundrum. And Justin's the one who's kind of getting the brunt of it. Now, the other half, I think, is also you have to absolutely 
point the finger at Ryan Poles. And I say that simply because you and I have defended Tyler Gordon, Jaquan Brisker immensely. But also at the end of the day, I think it's becoming very clear now that while Gordon and Brisker are great and you're going to expect them to be great players, I mean, look at how George Pickens has popped off in Pittsburgh. You know, Alec Pierce, even in Indianapolis, another solid option. You had Velas Jones Jr., who was immensely overdrafted. And we haven't seen Velas play yet, but you know what? Quite frankly, it might have made more sense for the Bears to double and invest in receivers and playmakers than it would have investing in the defense back-to-back picks, especially since what makes it so much more worse as I kind of wrap up here is that, like, you traded away Khalil Mack, the face of your franchise, and the best guy on your roster for basically a second-round pick and then two sixth-round picks, and you ate his contract in the process. Now, I would feel a lot better about the entire state of the team had Khalil Mack still been on this roster because, you know what, yeah, having one less draft pick would suck and you would not have a Brisker or Gordon on this roster. But then again, he would have covered up a lot of holes on defense, and you could have used that capital to invest in offense. Sports betting continues to take over the sports world, and with fall right around the corner, there's going to be action from every major league sports league across the country on our own TVs. If you're like me, you're glued to the couch watching as many games as you can. Our friends at Oz Trader have got you covered with all the odds for each major sports book from around the web, all in one place just for you. As an added bonus, Odds Trader even compares the sign-up codes and promos so you get the best deal possible. When you're trying to find the best book, it's always best to have the best sign-up codes and promotions. Sometimes those even come with boosts, even additional money deposits. The app gives you a complete rundown on any game, including statistics, injuries, key game stats, game day weather, keeping you, the fan, as informed as possible. And sometimes if you're like us... You've got multiple bets going at once. Odd Trader will keep track of them all in one place for you. So what we want you guys to do is this. Head over to oddtrader.com slash bluewire. Once again, that's oddtrader.com slash bluewire, the number one website for all your game day bets. Well, I mean, you look you look down the road of, you know, the decisions made to get to this point to build this team this year. And, you know, it starts with the Khalil Mack trade in terms of, you know, they traded him because they clearly saw this year as a rebuild year. And the best way to do that was to move on from Khalil Mack's, you know, giant contract, get a premium pick for him and, you know, try to get younger. And the assumption at the time was that, you know, the Bears were going to get rid of this massive contract that's on the books right here for an old, you know, injured player in Khalil Mack and get somebody on offense to, you know, kind of shift the resources here on this team and repurpose them to the offensive side of the ball. Because at the end of the day, you know, you need to start getting some talent in here on offense to support your young quarterback. And that was kind of the thinking is of what I thought Ryan Poles was up to at the time. And, you know, clearly that's just, <clears throat> that just isn't the case. It wasn't the case, you know, going defense on back-to-back picks. And, you know, like you said, Kyler Gordon, Jaquan Brisker, both could be very, very good. I think both of us feel very, um, very confident that they're going to be quality starters for this team moving forward. But so far, 
both have struggled, you know, pretty immensely in their first three games as, as rookies. Like it's, that's what happens as rookies in the, in the, in the secondary, like these guys are going to struggle, especially Keller Gordon. Like it's been a rough start to the year for him at that quarterback spot. Um, Cause the, I mean, they're, they're really throwing him to the fire right now, but like you said, like the bears, they had opportunities to, you know, add some talent in the draft on offense here. And it's not like, you know, you say like, you know, the bears went best player available with both, both those picks. Like, I don't know. Like, I feel like George Pickens was just as good as Keller Gordon or Jaquan Brisker, if not better. Like, I think a lot of people had uh, Pickens is better than both of those guys as, as an overall prospect. Like, there were other guys here um, who, you know, could have brought in and, you know, made just as much of an impact. Like you said, it made all the sense in the world for them to double down on the offensive side of the ball, whether it be at, you know, playmaker at wide receiver or at, on the offensive line. Like, it made a ton of sense for the Bears to go in that direction, and they just decided not to. Um, for whatever reason. And it goes back to the entire philosophy of what this year was all about. So if you're Ryan Poles, like was your goal to, you know, you know, win in the classic sense, in the classic Lovey Smith style, where, you know, you're going to rely on a good running game and good defense and get a bunch of turnovers and, you know, be, you know, a try hard hustle team. And, you know, maybe you beat a bunch of really bad teams, but you lose to all the good teams and you, you know, somehow scratch and claw your way to seven or eight wins. Um, and, you know, you know, well, Justin Fields does well in, in a crappy offense, like, you know, that, that'd be nice, but we're not really thinking about Justin Fields or, you know, was the philosophy, you know, to maximize Justin Fields. And if you're, if your strategy going into this offseason was not the latter, then you're not doing your job right because, at the end of the day, the only thing, like, let's be really, let's be for real here to, for Bears fans here. Like, yes, establishing a culture is important and, you know, getting a young team learning how to win is very important. But the number one most important thing this year is to determine whether Justin Fields is the guy and to facilitate his development. And what have the Bears done? to do that. If anything, they put on a clinic and how not to do that. You know, when you talk about not investing on the offensive line, putting out a very subpar pass blocking unit out there for him. When you talk about not investing in weapons, when you talk about, you know, bringing in a, a defensive minded head coach, when you talk about bringing in an offensive minded, uh, an offensive coordinator who is very conservative in terms of his play calling in terms of, you know, he's going to run the ball a ton on first and second down. And, you know, he's not really going to open up the playbook a lot when the passing game gets going at, at all. And, you know, on third down, he's out there running the ball on third and six. Like, it's just they're not doing anything to really try to put Justin Fields in chances to in, in, in spots to succeed. They're basically trying to protect him at all cost. And that's not how you develop a quarterback. The best way to develop a quarterback is to let him go out there and throw the ball and get reps in and, you know, go out there and make mistakes because guess what? If he makes mistakes, so be it. Give him the opportunity to make up for those mistakes and learn from those mistakes. And you're not going to do that by having him hand the ball off, you know, 30, 40 times a game. And I get it from Luke Getz's perspective that again, the run game is doing very well right now, but how sustainable is that over the course of a 17 game season? How many games are, are the bears going to win off of, a running game where they're going to get 200 yards rushing in a game. Like it's not going to happen very often. So they're doing very well in the run game like right now, but it's just, that's something that's not going to last right now. Um, and they just got to be, 
they got to be stopped being so conservative with this. You know, you go back to the two minute situation before um, halftime, where they they could have been that could have been a really good situation to go on there and see what Justin Fields has in a two minute drill. Uh, you know, to really air it out and see what he can do because again, he was having a rough day, rough day. But you never know with a good two minute drill, that would be a good opportunity for him to get some confidence back and you know maybe get him going a little bit. And instead, they just tried to run the ball. They just tried to run the clock out uh, going into halftime, even though they weren't getting the ball back in the second half. Like It's stuff like that that just really bothers me. Um, You know, we could talk about this all day about the lack of investment. Like, you look at their receivers right now, like their their leading receiver right now in terms of receptions is David Montgomery with five receptions. Their leading receiver in terms of yards is Equinemius St. Brown with 77 yards. I think the Bears are the only team in the NFL – without a receiver with more than a hundred with less than a hundred yards receiver. Like they're the only team without a hundred yard receiver through three games. It's, it's pathetic. Um, so this, this passing game, it's a joke. Um, and again, I'm not, I'm not taking all the blame away from Justin Fields because I think when you look at the tape here, like Justin Fields is a huge problem right now. Like he's not playing good football whatsoever. Like I, 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 I had to like say that up front here, like, Justin Fields has, if we're being honest here, he sucks so far this year. Like, he's been very bad. Um, and I don't want to, you know, de-emphasize that in the conversation. Like, the Bears have failed Justin Fields, and, and Justin Fields has failed himself with the way that he's played. So let's not get that lost in the conversation. But, again, it, go, it goes back to this offseason and what the philosophy was going into the thing. And, you know, the Bears, they did not try to do their best to maximize Justin Fields. And, unfortunately, we're starting to see the – consequences of that playoff this year and it, it just raises a lot of questions of you know what the point of this year is at this point yeah and you know adding on to that at the end of the day look every regime that was hired this year whether it was a coaching staff or a front office everybody sort of had a specific vision in mind right what well, with the bears things are completely different because they kind of sold the entire fan base on these false promises that existed. And what do I mean by that? I mean the simple fact that you traded away Khalil Mack and then you didn't bring back Akeem Hicks, Danny Trevathan, Bilal Nichols, Eddie Goldman. You failed with the Larry Ogiobi signing. You didn't want to go as high as 8 to $10 million for players like Juju Smith-Schuster and DJ Chark, who, by the way, DJ Chark's thriving in Detroit, so that's just a completely separate cycle. But you didn't want to, you know, dip in free agency. Then your whole thing was, well, let me go ahead and let me just invest in a guy like a Byron Pringle and an Equinemia St. Brown. Tajay Sharp along the way. Oh, and David Moore. Can't forget about him, right? Then in the middle of all that, you had the NFL draft going on. And it's like I said, you know, the league is moving towards offense first anyway. And good teams consistently invest high picks into the offense. Now, if you look at the 39th and the 48th pick, there weren't really any top-tier offensive linemen available. But there were some... Sorry, been up since like 4 a.m. But there were some really good, um, you know, receivers available. You could 
probably even argue another playmaker or two to just give to Justin. But I also think that getting away from round two here, when you look at the Bears' approach on day three, like this is a team that went into day three and had like two or three draft picks total, right? And then all of a sudden, you trade back consistently and you come away with eight total draft picks. Well, you probably could have used some of those on finding receivers. But instead, the Bears invested some of that into the offensive line and a whole bunch of rookies. They invested one of the picks into Trent and Gilda Hunter, another one into Trust and Edmund, the running back, you know. And so you're beginning to see the ramifications very quickly. And guess what? Like, here's what I think is going to happen. I'm looking down the road. This offense continues to struggle, and the reality of it is going to be you're going to go into next offseason, and you're going to hear kind of the same mumbo jumbo that you know you consistently heard under Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy. And I'm not saying Poles and Eberflus are Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace 2.0, but if we're going to be honest, we're going to hear the same stuff sitting here in January. Yeah, it was a year. I know we lost a lot of games. The expectations were incredibly high. We know we need to do better. We're going to be aggressive when it comes to attacking this roster when it comes to free agency. And we're going to go ahead and we're going to build through the draft. But the reality is that, you know, the Bears have established this reputation as an organization for being one that is all talk and no show, is pretty much what it is and guess what like i understand when ryan poles was hired he was the golden child in chicago i understand that with matty Bruce too but at the end of the day like nfl stands for not for long too so they've only got so many amount of years to even build this thing up even though we don't know how long they're under contract for because they don't want to disclose it but if a change needs to be made a change is gonna have to be made and it's not me saying firing poles or ebufus it's that there's other changes that could take place that are going to warrant finding a new direction we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast ditch the busy work use indeed for scheduling screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, I'm not going to get ahead of myself in terms of saying that, you know, Ryan Poles and Eberflus, uh, Matt Eberflus are, you know, destined for failure right now because it's certainly, you know, again, they're, they're two and one right now. And uh, I, I get, we're like, we've been super negative in this podcast. We're going on 30 minutes and it's all been just, I feel like I was just bitching about the offense um, and the offensive direction. Um, but I mean, if we're going to look at positives, you're like the bears are two and one and they've gotten absolutely nothing, nothing from their passing game. So if you want to count that as like a, as an accomplishment so far, like 
you certainly can point to some positives there. Like I, I think, you know, Ryan Poles, I'm not going to complain about his day three strategy. Like I think that was all fine. Um, like Dominic Robinson looks pretty solid. Like Braxton Jones is pretty solid for fifth round pick. Like there are some positives there. I, I'm not going to, you know, dog him for that. I have a lot bigger issues with Ryan Poles off season besides what he did on day three of the draft. Um, but I mean, you talk about changes right now and I think, you know, we've talked about, you know, the failures of this off season. Um, but now we have to start talking about the failures of the quarterback here. And, um, you know, we talked about, we've alluded to fields and his struggle so far, the lack of development, like the stat profile is not good. Like I think pro football focus his his PFF grade right now. They have him with a 43 PFF grade, which is like really, really bad. Like it's alarmingly bad. And again, my entire thing, you know, going into this year, this regular season, like even without, you know, with the knowledge of what happened in the off season, my entire thing was, okay, like they're not surrounding Justin Fields with a ton of talent right now. And clearly they expect him to, you know, they're not expecting him to light the world on fire this year. I think that's what the expectations was going into this year anyway. But, you know, my entire approach to Justin this year was as long as, you know, he's not alarmingly bad, you know, you know, let, let's see what he is in year three with hopefully they, they do a bit more to support him in year three and let's see if he's the guy or not. But now we're getting to the point and I, I, I'm shifting the, the conversation back back this way because we have to talk about some draft stuff moving forward um, as it relates to this um, subject. But um, now we're three games in here and, you know, Justin Fields, it's, it's starting to get to that point where it's, his performance is getting alarmingly bad right now. And, um, you know, it's one of those things where I look back at last year and I felt almost as if he was getting, you know, he was progressing more and he was showing more flashes and more signs of, de- of positive development under Matt Nagy, who we know did absolutely nothing to really develop this guy. Like we pretty much know that Matt Nagy just didn't want to play Justin Fields at all last year, didn't give him any training camp snaps with the first team and was very reluctant to put Justin Fields out there because he wanted to start Andy Dalton to save his job. And, you know, Justin Fields was able to show, I think, some signs of growth last year despite all of that. Um, So it's just odd that we go into this year with Justin Fields. He's the guy the entire offseason. Like, I know they've done a ton of work with his mechanics and whatnot. And, you know, to see him struggle like this, like, it just feels like he hasn't gotten better at anything. And if anything, he's gotten worse in a lot of the things that he needed to work on. And, you know, you kind of talked about it, like, uh, you know, the pocket presence, you know, holding onto the ball a ton. I think his accuracy is, is much worse this year compared to last year. Like, you know, again, they, they really went to work on fix on trying to work on his mechanics to get him to uh, have a quick release and work on his footwork right now. And, uh, honestly, like it's, it, it might be a detriment right now because he doesn't look comfortable with it. He doesn't look comfortable within the timing of the offense. Um, it's, it seems like he's second guessing himself on a lot of throws. And it's one of those things where I I'm starting to worry quite a bit that again, this goes back to, you know, the entire bears approach this year on addressing the offensive side of the ball and addressing Justin Fields' development. But it's one of the things where we had to face the facts. You're like, Regardless of that, I'm starting to worry that Justin Fields is starting to go down a path that there may no there may not be a point back from this in terms of him not being the guy for the Bears moving forward. And that's a scary thought um, because the worst case scenario is again I talk about the positive about the Bears being two and one. Well, 
if Justin Fields continues to struggle like this, you have the Bears, you know, keep on, you know, clawing out these kind of fluky close wins against these bad teams. Like that's kind of a worst case scenario for this team moving forward. And I, I think we start to get to the conversation of the Bears, you know, first round pick next year. Um, you know, this is going to be the first time the Bears have a first round pick in a long time here. Um, you know, what are the Bears going to do with it? And it kind of, you know, it's it's starting to get to the point where, you know, man, are, are the Bears going to be looking to get a new quarterback here soon? Because, you know, every single thing this offseason is pointing to that Ryan Poles, even though they've said publicly that they're committed to Justin, they like Justin, they see him as the guy moving forward. Every move they made this offseason suggested that they didn't really have a ton of, like, I don't want to say a ton of confidence, but that they weren't really committed to Justin Fields as their guy and that he needed that he needed to prove something to them this year in order to prove that he's their guy moving forward. So far, Justin Fields has come nowhere close to proving that. Like he's been an, an outright detriment uh, to their offense right now. So I, I'm posing this to you, who you say, like, do you think that quarterback could be in play for the Bears' first-round pick next year at this rate? So it's certainly a fair question to go ahead and ask. And I would say, yes, I do think it's in play for the Bears. Now, there's a couple things to understand. And I tweeted this and I said that if we're being honest, like, let's give Mitch Trubisky a pass for his first year under John Fox and give Justin Fields a pass for his first year under Matt Nagy. So really for both of these QBs that the bears have drafted over the last couple of years, their kind of first rookie seasons were under a new head coach. And so there was a lot of different changes and kind of, you know, things to just work out. But I also think that moving forward, like if Justin's going to show you, he's not the guy, then you do have to look into upgrading and finding something better through the NFL draft. But what also makes next year so intriguing for the Bears is simply the fact that when we look at things, right, we have to understand that outside of C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young, I mean, you have toss-ups, right, in terms of Will Levis as well as Anthony Richardson. So the QB class is a good one, but it's not necessarily one where you could see, you know, three or four future starters in the NFL. You also have to add this in. This is going to be Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus' first time having a first-round pick for the Bears. So how they decide to approach it, what players are going to have ranked higher than others, is certainly going to go ahead and make a major difference. Circling back to Justin here, I would even say this, that one approach the Bears could take to building the roster, because they've got like upwards of $100 million in cap space next offseason, because all these contracts are coming off the books, is that you give the keys to the franchise to Justin in 2023 and you kind of use that offseason to build off the roster right so now he's had two four years to go ahead and show you what he's able to do and then if he still fails then you go hunt for a quarterback in 2024 yeah and that's what I thought the strategy was going to be going into this year like I felt like as long as Justin Fields was you know showing some flashes that you know, the Bears will give him another year and that maybe they'd win enough games to where they wouldn't even be in a position. But I, I don't know. I just, I, I fear at this point that, you know, 
because I feel like with this team, the way they they've kind of constructed this is that they are they're not going to be a, a bottom, you know, a bottom seller type of team. Like I think they are going to win, you know, six seven games or so um, this year just because the schedule they play and and their style of play. Um, so I I don't think they're going to be in a position where they're going to be, you know. You know, I don't. I, I don't think guys like C.J. Stroud are going to be available to them. I don't think Bryce Young's going to be available to them. So the top quarterbacks are not going to be there for them. Um, but the thing is, like, if they're going to do like you said, where Justin Fields, they're going to see if he's their guy in 2023, and they're going to load the roster around him and, and see what he can do. Like, that's all well and good. Um, but he has to show something this year, I think. And so far, like, he's shown that you know he can't even like. Like Justin Fields, like if we're, we're being honest here, he's been the worst quarterback in football. He's the worst starting quarterback in football at least this season. Like it's not even close. Like he's been he's been really bad this year. So um, if you're like the from the Bears' perspective and you're seeing this, like I don't know. I just don't think from what they've seen so far, they they can that Justin Fields has shown them any type of give them any type of confidence in uh, his ability to go out there and be the franchise quarterback. Now, um, can he turn around? Absolutely. Like, I'm not giving up on, on fields right now. Like, I feel like there, um, you know, there are some things to build off with. Like, he's such an incredibly talented talented player, and I think he's got, you know, the leadership qualities you want. I think he's, you know, I hope he has the mental toughness because um, right now, you know, just looking at him, like you look at him in that Houston game, he looked like a guy who was kind of, you know, beating himself up mentally. Like he just did not look very confident out there. So I I am starting to worry that, you know, all the hits he's taken and all the struggles he's had are starting to get to him mentally. Um, That's where I kind of have, that's my biggest fear right now with him is that he's going to let this get into his head. And again, a lot of that goes to the fact that he's only throwing the ball. Like he's only getting like 20 times a game to actually throw the ball. So that's kind of a problem in and of itself. Like you got to give rookie, like you got to give young quarterbacks more chances like to actually throw um, you know, otherwise once they start making mistakes, like, you know, the, you know, if, if, if a quarterback sees that his play caller is not confident in him, then he's not going to be confident in himself. And I think that's one of the problems with Justin right now is that he feels like he has limited opportunities to make plays. And so he's forcing a lot of things where, you know, he, he feels like he has to make a play each, every time, each and every single time he has an opportunity because he knows that, you know, Luke Getzey, he's just going to go back to the run game if he makes a mistake. And it's kind of what we're seeing play out. But yeah, again, like I think Justin Fields, he needs to show some development and develop it quick um, if that's going to be the case. Because, you know, again, I I don't think the Bears are going to be bad enough to get a Stroud or Bryce Young, but I certainly think Will Levis is going to be in the conversation. And right now he's probably the only other quarterback that I'd say is, uh, is going to be a first round consideration for me. So, you know, do you, do you think like, here's my thing. It's like, do I think Will Levis is as good as a prospect as Justin Fields was? Like, no, I, I don't. Like, I don't feel like Will Levis was as good as Justin Fields coming out of college. Um, I don't think he has a, the same upside that Justin Fields. So that Justin Fields does have. So it's like, you're in a tough spot if you're the bears. Like, and that's one of my things that I'm saying in terms of like the worst case scenario part of this is that, you know, again, like, the Bears, like, they overachieve and get seven or eight wins here, and Fields looks, like, god-awful like he has so far this year. You know, you don't have a viable path to get a quarterback that's going to be, you know, have the similar or better upside than what you already have at Justin Fields, and that just puts you in a tough spot where you may be forced to stay with Justin Fields 
without knowing whether he's the guy or not. So I just, it's an interesting question. I think it is an interesting topic to talk, to discuss. Um, And um, I I just, I don't think there's a good answer at this point. And, you know, it's early in the year. We just, we just need to see more. Um, And at this point, like, yeah, I mean, again, it's, it's, it's something where we have to keep that in mind, but again, we're only three games in, so I'm not going to like freak out about it at this point, but, we definitely need to see um, some more development in this passing game. We need to see Justin Fields really start to take some step forwards here and, and you know, reduce some of the negatives and, and start progressing in his game a little bit. Cause otherwise like um, th- this season is just going to be, it's going to be one of those cases like where we're going to be thinking this entire time, like what are the bears actually like accomplishing here this year? So we need to see more from Justin Fields and, Hopefully we start to see that more when we get to this next upcoming game against the Giants, which uh, we're going to preview here um, coming up. And um, I, I guess let's just let's end this podcast. Let's do that right now. Let's get to pre- previewing this Giants game. Uh, you say so. Um, when we're looking at this thing, I, I think the big storyline for this is the offensive side of the ball, um, and Justin Fields can he turn around this week? So um, going into uh, to New York here, the Bears going to be on the road. Um, on offense, what are some of the things that you're looking, you're looking at here, you said, uh, for this offense to exploit against this Giants defense? So first things first, here's a fun little fact. I was doing some research. The Bears and Giants have played each other six times since 2013. And fun fact, the home team has won every single one of those games. The Bears currently lead the series 4-2 to because the last four games have been at Soldier Field. But or three of the last four, I'm sorry, I should say. But the point, I think, is is that what I'm looking at from the offensive side of the ball is that can the Bears go ahead and this young offensive line, can you contain the Giants' edge rushers in Kayvon Thibodeau as well as Aziz Ojolari? I think that's such a critical aspect to being able to give Fields some time to go ahead and throw. But then also it's even more critical to allow the running game to go ahead and develop. And then the second thing that I would say is incredibly important is how do you get this passing offense going? The Giants don't have an elite secondary by any means, right? You could even argue that the Giants have actually had one of the worst secondaries on paper that the Bears are going to face all year. And so naturally that presents an opportunity for Mooney and Fields to get significantly on this same pitch to also get Komet involved to give, you know, some of these younger guys like an Equinemius St. Brown, possibly even a Bailey Schoen Jr. if he makes his season debut, a chance to really leave their mark on the Bears offense. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. 
No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Yeah, I think for me, the biggest, I guess, thing that I'm looking out for for this Bears offense, like obviously, like Justin Fields in the passing game is the number one storyline. Like, can they get that going? And, you know, it's one of those things where the Giants, you know, I don't know if you watched them on Monday night, but. Um, you know, the Giants, you look at their run defense so far this year, they do not have a very good – like their run defense is among the worst in the NFL this year. Like the Cowboys on Monday night, they really ran all over them with a with a banged-up offensive line. And the Bears, you know, they have one of the better run-blocking units in the NFL this year. Like if there's any positives for, um, you know, this offensive line so far is that their run game – has been like their run blocking has been really good. And I, and I feel good about that matchup there for the bears in terms of, I think they should be able to run all over these guys um, for the most part, but you know, it's just, it's one of those things where again, I think they'll be able to get the run game going, but if they can't get anything through the passing game, um, you know, just, it's just, it's just going to be tough. And you know, the giants, they don't have an immensely talented defensive unit, but they do have some young guys, like you said, um, that, you know, can't play and get after the quarterback. Like they have, you know, Dexter Lawrence there, uh, who's kind of been, you know, their best defensive tackle for a while. Like they have Leonard Williams. I don't know if he's going to be back healthy for this game, but um, he's certainly a presence in the, in the interior there uh, when he's healthy. And, of course, they, they drafted Kayvon Thibodeau this past year. Um, you, you mentioned Aziz Ajulari, who they drafted in the second round. I think, yeah, yeah, not this past draft, but – draft before that so Ajilari's talented pass rusher they got both those guys back healthy this past week and the thing that I'm interested in seeing for um, Justin Fields is how is he going to handle the blitz here Um, because you look at Wink Martindale he's the defensive coordinator for the Giants he is one of the most aggressive defensive coordinators in the NFL at blitzing Um, and Justin Fields when you look at his numbers against the blitz so far this year uh, like they are like really like unworldly bad like he's he's been just god awful against the blitz so far this year and i'm gonna credit um bears blog man on on twitter here who you know brought some interesting stats here um and i'm just bringing over his tweet that he tweeted uh earlier today and just going over some you know team blitz percentages um this year so far uh we look at the bears opponent so far like the 49ers they only uh blitz seven percent of the time uh the texans 22 percent of the time the packers 27 percent uh, 27% of the time. And then you get to the Giants. They're second in the NFL right now. They're blitzing almost double that of what the Bears have seen so far, 44% of the time. And why that's important is because Justin Fields, when you look at him and how he's performed when he's been blitzed so far this year, look at his PFF passing grade, 28.2 PFF passing grade when blitzed so far this year. So Justin Fields, like <laughs> that is a really, really bad grade for those who are, who know anything about PFF grades, like that's like bottom of the barrel bad. Um, you look at his turnover worthy play percentage, 11.8%. Like that's really, really high. So when he's getting blitz, he's putting the ball into harm's risk, uh, into harm's way, I should say, and just making a lot of risky, bad decisions. Um, his pressure to sack percentage is 40%. Um, so I, I think that means that 40% of his pressures are turning into sacks, which is not good whatsoever. And his passer rating is 37.8. So this is 
I, all those numbers are just flat out terrible. So it's one of those things where it's kind of a, it's one of those things where, yeah, I feel like the bears are going to be able to, you know, have some success in the ground here and they should be able to score some points based off of that. But you just know that if they get stuck in the second and third and long, that Wink Martindale is going to bring the house. Um, and I'm not sure if Justin Fields is going to be able to handle that based off of what he's shown so far this year. So the bears, they better have a plan for that. Justin Fields needs to do much better a bit about um, going up against the blitz because if he doesn't, like we're going to be stuck in the same situation that we had last week where it's just going to be a slog in the passing game and Justin Fields is going to struggle and put the ball in the harm's way. It's going to be a lot of sacks, a lot of interceptions, and just not a lot of good football. Um, now, when I go to the defensive side of the ball, I think this is a much more positive situation for uh, the Bears here because they are going up against – it's kind of like – a situation against like uh like like for the uh the Bears going with the Giants defense, like uh both of these offenses are not good and both of these quarterbacks so far are not good. Like Daniel Jones, he's one of the worst quarterbacks, uh, starting quarterbacks in the NFL. The Giants, they have one of the worst offensive lines in the NFL, they have one of the worst receiving cores in the NFL. Like like the only positive for the Giants offense is that they have Brian Dable as their play as their offensive. Well, he's not their offensive coordinator because Mike Kafka is their offensive coordinator play caller. But, you know, Brian Dable, he's the head coach. You know, he's kind of got his, you know, this is kind of his offense here. Um, and, you know, there's one positive for this Giants team is that, you know, Saquon Barkley looks good. That's probably the, the one major positive. But um, this offense in terms of like the scheme and the play calling for the Giants is pretty good right now with Brian Dable and Mike Kafka. So, you know, when, when looking at this unit as a whole and, and this this matchup here, uh, what's the major matchup here that you think is going to be kind of the determining point for uh, this Bears defense against this Giants offense? Well, I think more than anything, it's going to be can the Bears defense stop Saquon Barkley. You're looking at a unit that for the Bears defense, like you mentioned, is absolutely atrocious when it comes to stopping the run. And it's been a mediocre run defense so far. So can Roquan Smith, can Nicholas Morrow, can these linebackers key in on Saquon Barkley, kind of force him to the outside so that he's not necessarily breaking off big plays. And I think a second major key to the game is can this Bears secondary hold up so that the pass rush is able to consistently get after Daniel Jones? And then can you also keep Daniel Jones in the pocket to avoid him from scrambling? Yeah. And, you know, Daniel Jones, like he's one of those guys where he his like his awareness in the pocket is like, a negative, like he has like zero awareness in the pocket to sense pressure. So if the bears can dial up some pressure on Daniel Jones, I think they'll have a lot of success. Um, you look at uh, what the Cowboys were able to do. And again, the, the Cowboys have Micah Parsons and Marcus Lawrence. Like they, they have two of the best pass rushers in the NFL. So I'm not like the bears don't have that. Like Robert Quinn's fine, but you know, he's kind of had a down year so far to start a slow year to start off. And, you know, Robinson and, and Gibson have shown some flashes, but they're not they're they're definitely not on Mike Mike Parsons or Marcus Lawrence's uh, level. That that's for sure. Um, but the Giants' offensive line is not good. I think they gave up like some like thirty five pressures against the Cowboys. I'm gonna like it's just something ridiculous. Um, like Evan Neal, the rookie right tackle, he's been really bad for them. Their interior hasn't been good. Like Andrew Thomas has been good on the left side, but otherwise this offensive line is nothing to write home about. So. Uh, I think the Bears can, you know, pressure Daniel Jones and, um, 
you know, get some sacks, maybe force some fumbles, which has been something that Jones has had a um, had struggles with. Um, like, I'm not afraid of the Giants' receivers or weapons in the passing game. I think the Bears should be pretty good there. Um, but you know, like you said, shutting down Saquon Barkley is going to be a key, and I think you know, making Daniel Jones beat them um, in the passing game is going to be key. So if they can kind of spy him, keep him inside the pocket, pressure him inside the pocket. Um, do some of those things. Like, I, I think that's going to be the key for the defense here. Uh, they can't let Daniel Jones get, get outside the pocket and start scrambling, though, because he is a threat as a runner. Uh, we saw that in that Cowboys game where he, you know, he's able to pick up some first downs just by extending the play, um, getting outside the pocket, and then running for first downs with his feet and getting, you know, chunk plays there, kind of similar to what Justin Fields does for the Bears. Um, and they can't allow him to do that because if he starts doing that, um, that's just going to make things, you know, you're going to get to a point where the defense is going to be on the field for a lot. And the bears, like, let's be honest here. They're not very good at sustaining drives. So eventually the defense is going to start to wear out with that style of offense that the giants can kind of, kind of play on you. So you got to stop that. Yes. You know, shut down Saquon Barkley. Those are kind of like the main things for uh, the bears on defense. So let's wrap it up here. Uh, let's get to our predictions and X factors. So you say uh, for you, who's your X factor for this game? Who do you have winning, and what do you think the score is going to be? So X factor is going to be Justin Fields once again. Can he show us that he's able to rebound and just continue to be resilient in the face of adversity? I think the Bears are going to go on the road and steal this one 23-17. I think that Chicago has a slightly more talented roster and the simple fact is that the Giants are kind of going through a transition here simply because Daniel Jones is not the guy and so Brian Dable is just using whatever he has at QB to get by this year and Dable as well as GM Joe Shane they're going to be scouting QBs next year and drafting guys yeah this one's a tough one for me like I I agree with your x-factor it's it's just in fields man um, you know, we can talk about like Getsy, like I'm not, I've not been a huge fan of his play calling so far, but at the end of the day, like Justin Fields, there's been plays for him to make. He's not making them. He, he's not looking good right now. Um, the passing game is not good in large part because of his struggles. Like he needs to go out there and have a big game. That, that's it. Like, you know, he's the most important thing this year. He needs to start developing. He needs to start taking some strides forward. Um, not staying stagnant, not regressing like he has over these first few weeks. Like we need to start seeing Justin Fields start to look like he can actually play um, at the NFL level. And so far this year he has. So he has to go out there and prove that like the Giants secondary, they're not the most talented unit in the world. Um, you know, Justin Fields, he's going to have to prove that he can beat the blitz in this one. He's going to have to prove that he can handle um, the pressures that, uh, week Martindale is going to send at him. And if he, he can do that, he should be able to have a nice day um, taking advantage of some of these weaker um, quarterbacks that the Giants have. But if he can't, you know, it, it could be a disastrous situation like last week where there are a lot of struggles there. So Justin Fields, he's the X factor for me. Ultimately, like I'm going back and forth on this one. Like I really don't want to make a prediction for this one, but I guess if I have to, um, I'm going with the home team here, actually. I'm going with the Giants 16 to 13. Like, to be honest, to be honest with you, like, I think this game is going to suck. I, I'm not, like, looking forward to watching this one. Like, I think, you know, it's two bad offenses, two teams that want to run the ball a ton. I think both teams know that, and they're going to go out there and try to stop um, both of these teams' run games. 
um, early on and force the quarterbacks to have to beat them. And, you know, Daniel Jones, as much as I think, like you said, like he's not the guy, he's not good. Um, um, clearly the Giants can be moving on for him next year. You know, at this point, Daniel Jones has, has shown nothing to suggest, and, or at least I should say that Justin Fields has shown nothing to suggest that he's any better than Daniel Jones. Like Daniel Jones, he's the better NFL quarterback right now based off of what we have seen. So with that said, like I like Brian Dabble. I like what they're doing with that offense there in terms of the play calling. I think, you know, Saquon Barkley is a guy that can take over a game at any point in time um, in the rushing game or the passing game. And again, I, I just think that the Giants have a better offensive operation uh, in terms of what they're doing and in terms of playing around their quarterback and playing to his limited strengths. And Daniel Jones is a slightly better quarterback for me right now. So I'm going to go with the Giants here. I don't feel confident about it um, because I think this game could go either way. It's going to be a slop fest. Um, it's going to, I think there's going to be a lot of bad play out there. But ultimately, like I don't see the, the Bears getting a win on the road here. Young team going to struggle a bit on the in these road games. So that's why I'm going with the Giants here. Um over the Bears for week four here. So without further ado, it's going to wrap it up for us here at the Bear, at the uh, Pixel Polls podcast. Uh, make sure to like, rate, and subscribe at the Blue Wire and all of our podcasting platforms uh, to where you listen to us uh, here. Uh, make sure to follow the Bear Report on Twitter and to visit the Bear Report to find our work there. Uh, make sure to follow us on social media as well for Pixel Polls. Uh, our Twitter handle is at Pixel Polls. So make sure to give us a follow there for uh, draft updates and uh, college football updates on the weekend on Saturdays, um, or we're going to be watching some college football on the weekend. Um, then you say, uh, where can our listeners follow you on social media and find your work? Yeah, guys, you can follow me on social media at Usay Koshal. You can find my work on the Bear Report. I will have my first 2023 NFL mock draft dropping, dropping on Friday, September 30th in the morning. Yeah, absolutely. Make sure to give you say to follow and check out his uh, upcoming mock draft. Uh, never too early to have some mock draft action uh, out there on the bear board. And then as for me, you can follow me on Twitter at AJ Freeman 25. You can find my work on the bear board as well. Uh, make sure to check out my tracking the trenches series. Um, I have a lot of fun putting that together, checking out you know how the bears do in pass protection and their pass rush, you know, checking out, um, giving you guys a little bit of a st- statistical analysis on uh, how the bears are doing on uh, in the trenches there. So um, always, you know, always fun engaging with fans who dig that series. And if you do dig that series, uh, make sure to like um, and comment there as well. So um, with that said, uh, that's going to be it for us here at Picks for Polls. It's going to be a, a very interesting weekend, I'm sure, uh, for the Bears here. And on Bears Twitter, it's going to be very eventful. Um, and hopefully the Bears, they can prove me wrong at least, uh, prove you said right, and come out of this weekend with another win here. Uh, but – before uh until next time bears fans uh have a great and safe weekend and bear down hopefully the bears get that win it's happening daily we're being conned by the institutions we used to trust the mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing american families time is short before something big happens and that's why so many folks are preparing they're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from my patriot supply Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. 
Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com 